put the beer down. Why? It's so good. It's just so tasty. fumbled through a, a thing. A thing? I, d- mm-hmm. I did fumble through a thing. You are you are correct. Um, yes. Disable video. You're watching uh, nope, disabled people videos? Uh, no, I am not a cruel, cruel person like you are. So you don't support disabled content creators? <laughs> I like, uh, I like that Ricky Berwick, Ber- Ber- Berbwick, Ber- Berbick. I don't know. The little guy who crawls around on all floors and like makes weird videos where Dude, he eats creepy cat food. Dude, it's creepy as shit. <laughs> he eats cat food? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he eats cat food or not, but he like he he definitely does some weird shit. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, there's um, w- there's one video I showed Kayla in particular where he, what is I forget what it was that he was doing, but he like kind of starts stripping and then like he looks at the camera and he goes like, <laughs> <laughs> she like lost her mind. She's like that's so gross and weird, but. Uh, I wish I could think of my most I don't know it's just I don't see him often but every time he comes up it always cracks me up because he's so fucking outlandish he is he's fucking crazy does he have TikTok I'm sure uh, he has TikTok probably oh god I'm, I don't know how I became aware of him at all what's his but, name uh, Ricky, Ricky Berwick? Berwick yeah but Yo, apparently, he has, uh, he has a a YouTube channel. I guess. <laughs> First thing I see is him holding up a Reese cup and just doing the tongue thing that you just did. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, he's a good guy. I guess I don't know. He might not be a good guy. Uh, um. Okay. Yeah. Fake notably known for his tongue flicking and quote creepy responses. <laughs> He is creepy as shit. Does he have a girlfriend? Uh, I don't think so. Oh my god. He has an infamous video in which he removes a cookie from his behind and eats it while smiling to the camera. Okay. <laughs> I thought about following him until we crossed that line, so you talked me out of it. Thank you. What was that rock and roll guy from like the 90s who would like throw his shit at the audience? Who was that guy? Oh. Oh my god! You, you know who I'm talking about? Shit! Yes. Uh, fuck. What was? I think he's name? dead. I think he died a few years ago. Oh my god! Okay, you triggered definitely some not shit who in I... my fucking mind. Gigi Allen. Yes, that's it. That's it. Did not know that. Yeah, I mean, You're probably better off. Yeah, it's true. I was until 15 seconds ago. Well. Well, you know, you've got to have contempt for your audience. If you I don't have, have contempt con- for everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. fair enough. Fair enough. Who was the other guy though? There was another guy from the 70s, like a um a punk rock guy who would throw shit at his fans. The fuck? Why is this a theme? <laughs> at fans. Let's see what Bing Bring. Oh, you googled it. No, you binged it. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, Bing is is better than you. I don't even know why Bing has a safe search. I just I, saw what you titled me in your intro. I hate you. What did I title you? I but it's remember. true because I think I chose two. I did. Did you? Well, no one. What did I t- title you? <laughs> we know if we jumped into 
Yeah, that's true. All right, yeah. Enough of the bullshitting. Hang on, I still got to figure this that's out. That's what we do. Um, Iggy Pop? Al- Alice? I was going to say Iggy Pop, but that's dolls? like the only guy that I know, so... Feel like it was oh, what wrong. the fuck? Gigi Allen cut himself and ate his own th- theses during performance. Jesus. No, who was the other one? There, there so why do I hear about Ozzy biting a bat, but I have no idea who Gigi Allen is and that he does this? Ozzy was in Black Sabbath. Yeah, and who had, the fuck is Gigi Allen? I think he was more underground. I think kind of the reason you went to go see him was because he was crazy. Not so much oh, the music. okay. Make a, what is it? A monument to mental health? That's good. Uh, yeah. It was the 90s. I can't find it. Yeah, we didn't oh, well. hear back then. It's when I was born. That's <sighs> when they stopped trying. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of culture. Bop. Uh, I kind of slurred through that. <laughs> Stop drinking on the show, guys. I just said that. But uh, oh, he took a sip. Yep. Yeah, as he reaches for the beer, I was it, reading the intro. It helps me deal with the pain. <clears throat> being an old man. Um, but yes, uh, we have quite a show for you today. We're going to be talking about a topic that I've been bouncing around on the podcast for weeks, maybe even months at this point. Um, We'll also be diving into some exciting news about Culture Bop and Hunting Pixels and their future. On top of that, we'll be talking about some uh, nothing, because I didn't cut that out, because we're no longer talking about it. Yeah. Uh, Well, we'll be talking about some video games that people have been playing for sure. Uh, oh, oh, and you know what else about how good Dylan's 5G reception is? Because he is microchipped, baby. <laughs> I had no idea where that was going. <laughs> Holy shit. You got that, that Bill Gates microchip, right? Okay, yes. He he is the one who's uh, the, I don't know. I don't know yeah, anything about I think this. that was it. You do, oh, that was out of nowhere, man. I had Wait, no is idea. that literally all that is? Was that a vaccine joke? Yeah, yeah, it was a vaccine. That's it. Oh, okay. That's okay, it. great. <laughs> That's it. The jokes are in poor taste and uh, not very good over here. Um, I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as always. Actually, no, not as always. I am joined by one ravishing co-host, Dylan Remake More RPGs Martin. And our special guest, Gil Beasy. One Gilbert, new developer who dis kitchens. How's it going today, fellas? Fuck, how long do you work on those? Uh, not very long. Not very long at all. Yeah. That's <laughs> I like, think it took me about 30 seconds. Yeah. I didn't realize I was a developer. Apparently, I'm a new developer. I don't know. Yeah. New developers. I'm great. I'm tired, but I'm great. I don't. What do you do on your days off that make you so tired? Catch up from the six days that I worked in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Dude, I uh, I worked a full shift today from eight to five, and I wanted to blow my brains out. Yep. Like, <clears throat> just sitting behind a computer for eight hours is mind numbing. I would die. Yeah, but at least I'm learning new things. I'm learning how to help people use our software. Okay. Question mark. I never pictured you to be the kind of person that would help anyone, so that's really good to hear. Yeah, I, I tend to not do that. I I hate people, you know. But uh, it's a good well, attitude for retail. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, before we uh, kind of launch into anything, uh, Mister Mister Gilbezi, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, we have been, known each other for what almost a year now, I guess. Yeah, uh, through Discord, through another podcast. I don't know if we're going to mention that in their current state. I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. your call. That's probably not a good idea. Uh, but yeah, uh, we've been chatting a little through there. Um, I have absolutely no experience to bring to the table. So you can look forward Except to that. For you that. fit in. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <clears throat> it's true. The only experience he has is being an Xbox fanboy, but you know. Oh, God. <sighs> I'm not even going to comment. <laughs> no, not going to take the bait. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Well, um, so we have been launching some things um, and trying to do some other things for content creation, uh, and I'm trying to do that so I don't die of madness and have a daily structure and schedule that works and doesn't make me want to end it all on live air like I'm about to do right this very second. Um, that's not entirely true because we're not live on air and I'm not about to end my life. Thank Christ for that. Um, no, so I have been working on a uh, a better way to get our stuff out there that... Um, is cool, but the far more important part of that is we have launched a Patreon. Uh, it is live now, uh, and I'll shout it out at the end, but we've got some exciting stuff going on over there. Um, we're going to have some exclusive shows for the people who back us. Uh, there's going to be some stuff for uh, my video content, um, and then if Austin and Dylan decide that they also want to do video content... Um, the patrons will be uh, rewarded there as well, I, I guess. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll shut it out at the end of the show. But that is basically taking up my entire week, just trying to figure out financial information and and things like that. But anyway, Mister uh, <clears throat> Mister Gilbert, what what have you been up to? Oh, I've been sick this week. So I've been just oh fun grinding through that and work. Uh, but as far as like I don't know gaming goes, I got a Oculus Quest two mm. a week ago. So I've basically just been in the VR world, uh, you know, f- figuring things out with that. Going into VR chat and hanging out with all the anime chicks. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, an- anime chicks. Dylan is literally trying to blow his brains out over there. He heard. I anime. forgot about that. I actually just wondered what it, like if you could have any game in VR, what would it be? Oh, shit. I, all I've been wanting lately is just like, I don't want it updated. I don't want anything. I just want to play a bunch of old first-person shooters. Just give them all to me in VR. Don't update the graphics or the textures or anything. Just let me play fucking like Dark Forces. Time splitters and shit? 
Yeah, or Dark Forces or whatever, just like all those old FPS Far Cry, the first Far Cry or whatever. Just that's all I'd take in VR. Mm. I don't know what I would want. I I am I think I'm gonna get an Oculus Quest uh two also sometime soon. I wanna try out Rogue Squadrons really bad. I don't know why I just do. But uh and Dylan what does making more time for gaming mean exactly? Playing more games. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, no, I just ever since I got the promotion, I've literally had time for nothing. Um, but this week in particular, I think Cyberpunk kind of started it and then. I joked around last week and said I was going to start playing. I think I said both World of Warcraft and Kingdom Hearts, and it turns out that wasn't a joke. And I'm playing them both right now. Mm. Um, mm. And that's the most gaming I've done in a long time. So it's just making more time in my day to sit down and do what I enjoy doing. Uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. You don't want to watch anime or talk about anime, but you'll play Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, that's <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Yeah, but it's That's it, like it makes less anime. sense than anime. Oh, that it is, makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, it makes no sense. Yeah, I don't think you play Kingdom Hearts for for the story, right? I did. Up you have to at this point. Uh, I guess. Uh, um, I did back in one and two. That's all I cared about. And then the other twelve games came out, and I have no idea <laughs> where it goes anymore. Um, but. That's where my week is gone. I played a shit ton of it today. Um, I'll talk about it later, but it, it's been nice just having that relaxing time again. Finally, kind of like finding a groove in my schedule now. Mm. I feel it. So I can't wait to see how that changes. Oh, <laughs> I mean, retail. So, yeah. Uh, well, all right. Let's go ahead and we'll get into our main topic. Um, remakes have been around for quite a while at this point whether it be developers and publishers trying to extract as much money as humanly possible for their product or a move to gauge interest in possible sequels or reboots, video game remakes have remained in vogue. F oh, God, I hate that. <sighs> I don't what? know why. For the audio listeners, he had to correct his spelling Yeah. on in vogue. Yeah, uh, I'm an idiot. I... <laughs> This is great audio content here. It's 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 wonderful. They're like, what the fuck is like nobody can see this but me, but it bothers me. See, if you supported them on Patreon, yeah. spelling would be right before the show. It's true. <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, they've remained in vogue for quite some time. Most of these are ports or upres remasters, but every now and then something comes along that makes you think, huh, maybe this could be a cool move. So take it, for example, the studio Bluepoint. Bluepoint is a porting studio known for their excellent quality ports and more recently remakes. With a critical and commercial reception of their PS5 remake of Demons, Demons Souls being a sticking point, many fans of the Soulsborne games began to wonder if the series could be taken over by Bluepoint. That, was, that has more or less triggered the topic for this show. There are many a dormant property for publishers to dust off and give new life to, and we want to talk about those properties and which talented studios deserve to get shots at them. 
Uh, and I wrote a little thing there that doesn't really need to be there because that's a good ending point. Um, all right. I am going to not go first again. <laughs> I'm going to let Dylan take it, <clears throat> take it away. Oh, um, I don't know if I want to go in order. What the fuck? You have a long list. I had to scroll a mile just to find my shit. No, I just have talking points. I only have three. I That's what I meant. Um, oh, okay. I don't know if I want to go in order. I'll go in order. So Castlevania from, uh, from, from software. Did we mention that a long time ago? Uh, yes. I, I think I mentioned it last episode and then... It was just last episode? Because I feel like it went even beyond that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going to say it was like last episode and then, uh, God, like months ago, I feel like, or weeks ago. I don't remember how it came up. I don't know either. I don't know either. But that really had me have this hankering for that kind of universe. I think my favorite Castlevania is Symphony of the Night. I mean, it's just a beautiful game. That's the best one. It is. Um, I loved a lot of them on the DS, too. Portrait Mm -hmm. of Ruin, I think. Was one? Uh, I may have just made that up. No, I think you're right. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> Castlevania DS. I need to look this up because yeah. you mentioned that one, but there's another one that I really like. Dawn of Portrait. Sorrow. Dawn that of Sorrow. Really yeah, that one was really good too. Uh, yes, you are correct. Portrait of Ruin. Okay, that one was great, but so was the other one. Um, but Symphony of the Night, hands down, best one. But... It's gone. <laughs> like we don't have Castlevania anymore. The last thing we got was probably the the weird That's PlayStation like like full, like three D game, right? Yeah, the uh, Lords of Shadow games, right? That's it, Lords of Shadow. Um, yeah, and those weren't even uh, Konami anymore. Those were um, what's the name of that studio? Mercury Steam. So it wasn't even what we know Castlevania to be. Um, the anime series came out and it did really well for itself, so it's still relevant. There's mm-hmm. still some sure. kind of outlet for it, but everyone knows my love for FromSoft at this point, I would hope. And I think they would do that universe justice in kind of the... I don't, I don't want them to make a 2D game. I want them to do the Lords of Shadow treatment, but in their own way. Um... It would it would be what we should have gotten from Lords of Shadow, and I just mm-hmm. think that they can really nail that universe down. The mechanics of their games overall, you know, coupled with the already difficult nature of the FromSoft games, it would just pair so well. Um, so that I don't know how long ago we actually said it, but that is really what got me thinking about a lot of these that I have on my list. I didn't even look at yours. I'm not gonna lie. but oh but i agree with one of them already um but yeah that's what kind of started this whole thing and i think that's one of the best couplings we could have ever come up with was that me or you coming up with that it was you right yeah yeah Yeah. and and the reason you gave me something i'll never have (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) now the the thing that immediately jumps out to me about from software with the castlevania uh like IP is that from software, their RPGs are in essence, Metroidvanias. Like they are RPGs and they are to a lesser extent open world, but 
like the the pathing that you go through in each individual level always leads back to a different part of the level like and you can always backtrack and and get different items and like stuff like that so it's very i feel like <laughs> stylized i guess like metroidvanias even though it's not quite that way and what you brought up with the with the difficulty is 100% accurate. Like, those old Castlevania games, if you get to their core, those games are fucking hard. One through three are brutal, man. Like, really fucking brutal. But um, another thing that I think is interesting about them and with Castlevania is the kind of, like, art style that they lean towards. Like, From Software, their games are, with the exception of Sekiro are very oh, yeah. gothic. Like Bloodborne being the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. Bloodborne is like Bloodborne is my ideal 3D Castlevania game. Yes. <laughs> like 100%. That's where it stems from. Yeah. So, um yeah, I 100% agree with this. It, I I think <clears throat> it's perfect choice. And I'll never have it. And we'll never have it because Miyazaki takes forever to make his games. I forgot about Elden Ring until this very moment. I was literally just about to say, do you think we'll get Elden Ring this year? But no, what was my prediction that we don't even we won't even see it next next year probably? Yeah, probably. I think that was right. Yeah. Something. But all right. Um Well, Mr. Gilbeezy, uh enlighten us with your with your first pick. Uh yeah, I had like ten minutes to skim over the topic. So <laughs> uh I can go next if you if you'd like. Uh, well, no. One thing that came to mind. It's not. Well, it's kind of a specific game, but uh, the one thing I was thinking of is. Uh, so basically, like recently, we've seen, especially with Sony, how a lot of AAA publishers and uh, studios they're not willing to take risks, especially on like an older IP that may be like like you say dormant. Like they don't know that bringing that back is actually going to be a success, so they just kind of leave it in the past. But I think. Something like Sonic Mania, when you look at that, which was Sega didn't make it, a bunch of fans made it, and then Sega saw it, and instead of pulling a Nintendo and uh, cease and desisting it, they embraced it and just supported that studio and then released it as an official game. I think indie studios are where we're going to see a lot of these games come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're already starting to hear rumblings of like Konami maybe licensing out some of their IP, be it Metro or... uh, Metal Gear or, you know, whatever. Um, So I could see a lot of those indie studios maybe establishing themselves with a few games and then going to get them. And that's where these games come from. The people who kind of grew up with them and have that passion for the original stuff, making something new with it, that the big giant company isn't going to take a risk on. But if these guys in their garage or basement or little office want to do it, then fine. Something like that. But Something I was actually thinking of, it's not really a dormant franchise, but Fallout, where there is Fallout 76 right now, but if you think about a single-player Fallout and you do the finger math, uh, you're not going to get one of those until like 2032 after they put out Starfield and then make Elder Scrolls and then make another Fallout. So I think there's a lot of options there. They could go to N-Exile and have them make like a classic Fallout game like the first two or something. I don't know. But... I almost think I would like to see Microsoft go to the. Have you guys seen Fallout Miami? Are you familiar with that? It's a fan project. Uh, It's a mod. It's a full mod of Fallout 4. 
but it's a completely new game. It's not just like, uh, you know, some Skyrim mods where you go into another area. It's a completely new game, a new map, a new story, full voice acting. It's all fan made. And that's kind of like what I was saying with Sonic Mania is that like I would love to see Microsoft go to these guys and say, hey, do you guys want to make this like a full project? Something like that and go to the fans to sort of fill the gap where the AAA space is going to take 15 years to make a new game. Go to these people who are already passionate enough to do it for free because they can't charge for this game. It's going to come out free. So just go to these people and say, hey, we'll give you you know X amount of money as funding. And then in exchange, you put this game on Game Pass or whatever. But I think Fallout, I think there's a lot of cool options there. But that's one I would like to see not in a AAA studio in the meantime, but in a fan project. Because I think there's a lot of cool stuff that comes from fans of those games in the mods and that community. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I hate Fallout. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I do, too. I can't stand okay. those games. Yeah, but that's just what I mean. It kind of excites me for that reason, though, is because it's like, what could an outside studio make me like about the game? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and then something like, I mean, obviously, this is this is not the indie thing I was talking about. But like you look at the guys who made Wasteland 3 mm-hmm. and that's an awesome game. Did you guys play Wasteland 3? Yeah. I, I really like that I was game. told to, and I ignored it. It's one of the yeah, coolest really RPGs cool. I've ever played, just in terms of like the depth of story, choice, and consequence. And I don't think it did all that well, because it's Wasteland 3, and nobody's heard of this thing. And it was kind of this little thing that came out. But you put a Fallout on it, and people buy it. But I would like to see them have a bigger game through Fallout. Maybe that label, they can make something like Wasteland, but with the Fallout IP, I don't know. But... Yeah, that's that's yeah. probably the only thing that would actually get me to play a Fallout is like that. I don't really care for Fallout, but I've been thinking about it a lot. So that's what came to mind. Yeah, I did. Either of you guys play uh, Fallout Shelter? Yeah, there you go. That's my Fallout. OK, yeah. So uh, I think what you're saying, I 100 percent agree with. I would like to see big triple A IP turned into something digestible like i uh, i played fallout shelter for like a very very hot minute it like right after it came out i played for probably like two or three months and then i kind of dropped it but like something like that i feel like is far more appealing to me than actual fallout mm. i don't know why i don't like those games uh like it, specifically four i think new vegas and three are pretty good and i I really fucking like the old ones. I think Fallout 2 is my favorite of the series. But I don't know. I don't know. Um all right, so I I'll go with my my pick or my first pick. Um uh I'm going to go with Jade Empire. So I don't know how familiar you guys are with the with Jade Empire, but it was an action RPG that was developed uh by BioWare and uh I I believe when I was reading about this, they said that it started development in like 2001 and it eventually released in 2005 and it was really heavily inspired by Chinese mythology. And it kind of took the base of Knights of the Old Republic, like the morality system, the sweeping narrative that was kind of like full of choice and like a really vast array of imaginative characters. And it built like a completely original world. Like it wasn't like actual Chinese mythology, but it was inspired by it and everything. Um, 
and it was really memorable. Like I have really vivid memories of this game and it was released to overwhelmingly positive reviews, but ultimately it didn't sell really well. Like I think when I was looking at it earlier, it sold less than a million copies. Um, hang on. I need a, it really is like their bastard child. It's like the forgotten. It's a great game. It's beautiful. It's fun. But like no one ever talks about that one when talking about Bioware. Like at all. And it's super sad to me. Uh, Sales. Yeah. Uh, As of October 2007, Jade Empire had reached 500,000 units. So yeah, it barely made over half a million. But I really like this game like a lot. And the sort of, I, I don't want to say open nature to it, but like the the ability to make decisions that affect your gameplay immediately in my head was like Arcane. And, and Arcane Studios is the team that did like Dishonored and Prey, and they had some games back in the early 2000s that were RPGs like um, uh, Axe... Uh, Oh, God, what was the full name of that game? I'm blanking on it at the moment, but like they had they have some RPG um, background as well. But their main design philosophy is around the immersive sim, which is like emphasis on player choice, simulated systems to respond to your players actions, a a lot of player abilities um, and really kind of allowing emergent gameplay that will fix a solution that isn't necessarily coded by the developers. And then they also still have like a really strong sense of narrative. I mean, you just look at Dishonored or Prey. Dishonored has a very awesome, explicit story. And Prey, I feel like a lot of their stuff is in the, uh, not audio logs, but like in, in the world building and stuff like that. But it, uh, they also have a background with you know, great characters with Corvo and Emily from Dishonored and and presumably Deathloop, uh, which looks unique as all hell. Uh, and all of those, to me, kind of tie into Jade Empire in various ways. Like, I think Jade Empire was super gorgeous looking on the original Xbox and the art design behind it was, like, impeccable. And it had a really good cast of characters and it really reveled in the morality and was kind of the the progenitor to, to Mass Effect's sort of like deep player choice and customization. And marrying the strong sense of character, style, and the system-based games design of Arcane, I feel like that would allow Jade Empire to live again. Uh, but this time with a more like deeper and more immersive game than it even was on the original Xbox. So, um, I, uh, I know it and I know it because it always caught my eye and I would see it in a magazine or something like that, but I never, ever gave it a shot. I knew what it was about, but I never just, it's the same thing as funny enough mass effect. I saw it's something that I always watched, um, in the headlines and stuff, but I never played it. Um, so it's just one of those that I would really love to give a shot. And I have that chance with Mass Effect now, which comes out very soon. Yeah, I th- uh, 
Is it already out? I think so. Don't tell if me it, that. Uh, hang on. I got to check this. It's not out. Okay. I think it's a couple weeks. Did it get pushed? I thought it was in... No. I think it's mid-May. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. I could have swore it was April. I mean, it may have a while ago. I don't know. Uh, May 14th. Yeah. May 14th. Okay. Well, so that's going to be fun. But point being, again, it's just another Bioware thing. I never gave it a chance, but it's one of those nice appealing things to watch, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, weird yeah. because I played the... I, I had never heard of Knights of the Republic as a kid, and then I just happened to find it. I was like, ah, it's a Star Wars game, whatever. And I got hooked. And I played all the way yeah. through them, and somehow, like, Jade Empire... It never connected in my brain that it had anything to do with it, and I just kind of ignored it. I never associated with the studio or whatever, just, I don't know, whatever. And then when it came to backwards compatibility, I gave it a shot, and it was like, wait, there's like a third KOTOR right here with active combat and all this stuff. Like, it's the same, I mean, they use a lot of the same stuff, like the the dialogue options, it looks the same as KOTOR. But it was like, I don't know, it was just buried. I think looking at it, it came out in 2005, on the original Xbox, the same year that the 360 came out. So I wonder if that hurt it because there wasn't a 360 yeah. version. So I'm wondering if it would have been backwards compatible. But I just wonder if that's what actually kind of hurt its visibility. But yeah. I, I, until, I, until recently, I never considered did. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, uh, that it probably did when I was reading about... Um, jade empire and and its design and the the weak sales the uh the two lead developers or at least the heads of the studio um they had said that it was kind of their dream project and that they really felt like if they had just held it back a little bit more and gave it like maybe even a little bit more polish and put it on the 360 it would have sold significantly better but I guess we'll never know. Uh, yeah, that I <clears throat> I really like that game. It should come back. Uh, Dylan, what is your next pick? Um, next one is... <sighs> I guess it will go in order. Sly Cooper. Um, and it's the obvious choice of Toys for Bob. They have done so well with Crash Bandicoot. They have done so well with Spyro. It only makes sense for them to tackle something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sly Cooper, I'm biased because it's one of those franchises that I've talked about over and over. I love them. Or, uh, I love Sly Cooper, like all the games. But it does a platformer so differently because it takes a stealth approach to a platformer. Normally, you're a fucking dragon charging through enemies and flaming everything. Or a bandicoot spinning, jumping, running, sliding, all that shit. But Sly Cooper, you can do that stuff, but you have the stealth option too, which is really cool. And I think Toys for Bob... It's just, it's, there's no other choice, right? Um, at this point, we've seen Ratchet and Clank still going strong. I think Jack and Daxter had not like a full on remake, like, uh, they had the, Spyro, but they had a, like, a re release type of thing. Yeah. They had the trilogy re released <clears throat> on, uh, PS3 and Vita. Right. Um, and I can't really think of another platformer right now. I mean, there's older ones, like, what was it, Gex? That was one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Gex, there's into the gecko. <laughs> yeah, into the gecko. That was it. Um, but no, Sly Cooper it had beautiful level design, and it had really interesting mechanics and the enemies that you could find. And I think it would translate well now with how much um, traction 
the platformers have accrued over the past couple of years between Spyro and Crash. You know, Crash 4 just came out. It feels like a good time for them to try something else. And this one actually seems kind of plausible to me. This makes sense. This I could see happening. Um, you know, Castlevania from FromSoft, we might not necessarily see. But this one, I don't know. I give this one a maybe. I think it might eventually happen. I don't know if it's Toys for Bob or not, but this one's the more plausible option for me. Yeah, I feel that. Um, did either of you guys play Crash Bandicoot 4? No, but I watched a lot of it on Twitch. I just never gave it a chance. Mm. Wait, did you play it? No, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. No, I, uh, so I was never honestly that big of a fan of Crash. I really like Crash 3, uh, Warped, but, um, I didn't. I didn't really care for the rest of them, so I didn't care that it came back. But the people who like Crash said that it feels like Crash, which is awesome. That's what it looked like. And it it looked like it had some new mechanics in there, too. So that was really cool. But it still very much looks like Crash. Yeah. So the, I don't know if Toys for Bob will continue working on Crash uh, for the immediate future or if they will go through... And make um, like maybe Spiral Four, Spyro. yeah, and uh, Spiral Four. Um, but you want to see me come back to Twitch? That'll be the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have anything to say. I just want more Sly. I mean, uh, who was the the team that did uh, uh, Thieves in Time? That was Sansaru, right? Oh, we talked about this like a few weeks ago. I do not know. Um, Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time was Hanzaru, yes. Okay, yeah, so I don't understand why those guys didn't get another crack at it, because Thieves in Time is awesome. Right, but what did they do? Uh, so, yeah, they haven't really done anything. Yeah, I, I can't think of, honestly, I can't think of another thing that they've done. Um, hang on. Apparently, wait, what? They they dabbled in the Spyro Reignited trilogy somehow. How is that possible? Um, I don't know. Maybe they helped on it. Uh, that's kind of cool though. Again, yeah. I mean, that's oh, uh, they worked on Year of the Dragon for Spyro Reignited. So they they helped on its development, but That's they sick. were acquired by Facebook. So they are they're working on Oculus oh, games for God. old old uh, Gilbezi over there. There we go. Well, g- good for you because <laughs> at least you get some new <laughs> shit from a company that I love. So, I'm getting a new uh, Splinter Cell. So hey, ooh, um, yeah. really? Finally, a new Splinter Cell. It's VR. Oh, that's, that's what everybody wanted. Yeah. It's, yeah, well, that's um, pretty cool. Is it still <laughs> Sam Fisher? I don't know. They just announced Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed VR. I have no idea. Oh, fuck. Now I have to get an Oculus. I would pay $60 just to have a VR experience where I can pull down the night vision goggles and hear the sound. That's worth it. Right. I don't need anything would, else. And maybe if I can maybe? shoot out a light with a silencer. I don't know. But That would be sick. I have the same sentiment towards... You know, looking down at my wrists and being and able to the dual blades. My, yeah. Yeah. I don't even need to kill anybody. Just let me just sit there and flick the yep. blade for I will yeah. pay $60 to <laughs> do that. 
Oh, uh, I just realized that you guys uh, fucking Gilbezi loves Assassin's Creed. You guys are like best friends now or something. Already doing much better than the normal co-host. <laughs> Do you hear that, Austin? You're fucking fired. Uh, but <laughs> like, not, even but not when really. he's not here, I have to just destroy him. <laughs> Last week he was that he, he has four. a fucking mullet now. He goddamn deserves. <laughs> Uh, the mullet, the hairstyle of the poor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing it back. It's going to be every episode. You did this. I just want you to know that. Yeah, that one crushed it, though. That was great. That hit Uh, my soul. All right. Uh, Gilbert, what's what's your next pick? I feel Uh, weird calling you Gilbert. Yeah, I don't like it either. Uh, My bad. (laughs) I saw your name. I have. We have code names for a reason. There's yeah. a reason. Gil Beasy's so close, though. Yeah, it's not really hiding the actual name, but <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who would make it, but Sega needs to fucking do something with Skies of Arcadia. That's all I yes. gotta say. They've been sitting on it for 20 years. They need to hurry up and do something, and make a good 3D Sonic. I don't know if that's possible, now, <laughs> but who? Who? Damn, who would I get to remake this? I don't even need a remake. Just port it. I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just I make mean, it honestly, playable. That is... Um, judging from the cover, I think I got to give it back to FromSoft. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the dark, gritty reboot of Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> yeah. See, this uh, is something I missed out on, because, and I see it's on other platforms, but I n- never had a Sega, so yeah. I don't know these games. Yeah, it was on Dreamcast, and then they... they ported it and added some stuff for GameCube, and that's basically where it's been. What was it? I mean, I have no idea. It's a, it's a RPG. It's a, it's a pretty classic yeah. RPG, turn-based kind of stuff. Um, okay. A bunch of Sky Pirates. Oh, shit. You had me at RPG. You sold me with Sky Pirates. I yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I can't really compare it to much because, like, for years, I just assumed turn-based combat was all copying Skies of Arcadia. That's how much I knew about RPGs. So... I can't really say if it's like a standout from the time, but I know there's a lot. Pretty much anybody who played it back then still has an affinity for it. Mm, um, right. It's 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 very charming. It's just such, I was playing it earlier on. I have RetroArch on my Xbox, the Series X, and I fired it up there just to kind of test out the Dreamcast emulation. Uh, and I was able to play it in like 4K with like up-res textures and just all this stuff. And it's still a beautiful game. It's just it's so much fun and the music is great and charming and the the I still remember those characters from like 20 years ago. So it's it's something that people have asked them for for years. The original uh, I want to say he was the director of the game. I'm not sure, but he came out recently and said he would if they asked him to, he would immediately go back to start doing it again. It's just, and Sega's excuse has been, uh, well, we don't think we can deliver something the fans would like. So we're just going to not do anything. We're not even going to port it because that might disappoint people. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what that excuse was, but I don't know. they don't want to do anything. But Josh, you said you've played it. Yes, yeah, I never played it on the Dreamcast, but I played it on the the ported version. Because I'm looking, and it's like if you could choose one dev off the top of your head, who would you choose? So I'm looking. I, I was looking at it, and the first. The first team that jumped to my mind was level five. Um, they have that sort of like 
anime-ish <laughs> RPG thing to them. Like they did the Nido Kuni games. They did uh, Dark Cloud. Uh, so they have like a background in not not only like RPGs, but very specifically like turn-based RPGs. Um, so I, they were the first people that jumped to my mind, but... So, really weird scenario, because, you know, these people don't make but one type of game. But what about the the developers from the Tales franchise? Uh, Bandai Namco? Yeah, but, like, this uh, specific, like, Namco Tales Studio? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could probably see that. I, I mean... wondering. If it could come close and, like... Are they similar at all? I could see that. You could see that? Okay. Yeah, I have not played I, these games, but just looking at some of the... Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. Got you. Like, in terms of the actual structure of the game, it's it's fairly straightforward. Um, right. I mean, it's you go from area to area and kind of walk around and talk to people, and there's combat, which even at the time, the, uh, what do you call it, random encounters were, like, way too much. Like, you take three steps, and then now you're in another load screen for the next battle. It was crazy. But it, as far as it goes, it was basically turn-based combat. You're going through this story and exploring a bunch of different areas. It wasn't like the super uh, innovative game, but it was just super charming at the time. And I think on console, as far as graphics at the time, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy at the time. But yeah, I was looking. I mean, it looked good from what I saw. Yeah, it still holds up too. <clears throat> it's awesome. That's why I would take a port at this point. Yeah, just something. Yeah. I I'm totally down with that. Uh, I don't know who I'd get to do it, but yeah, for I like you said, just even even just a port. Like, come on, Sega. Sega. Um. All right. Uh, my next pick is Phantom Dust. Um. Now, this was a game that was originally, uh, it's a third person action sort of strategy game, and it was dev- actually developed by Microsoft Game Studios, which I thought was really interesting because I don't... I recognize them as a publisher, but I don't really recognize them as game devs, so to speak, which was I thought was really interesting. Uh, but it was uh, released on the original Xbox in 2005, and it kind of took elements of the collectible card games and then mashed it together with like a third-person, almost like arena shooter uh, or at least mechanics from those games to create something that I thought was very unique. Uh, and the story was really distinctly sci-fi focused on humanity's destruction, as well as having like elements of JRPG storytelling, like the, the main protagonist is nameless. There's like a whole bunch of amnesia everywhere. The story is really fucking complicated. Just breathing in all the amnesia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and, and, it reviewed fairly well. Like I think uh current Metacritic score has it in the eights. Um, but the thing is it never really found a footing. Like this was this game was developed by uh who was the director? Hang on. Uh it was the guy who did, I think, Panzer Dragoon, um Phantom Dust. It was Yu-Gi-Oh! Fata Tsugi. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how the fuck to say that. I I would butcher it even trying. But he was the director, and he was... Yeah, he was the director of the Panzer Dragoon games. And 
this was Microsoft's like sort of entry point into Japan when they were trying to break into that market with the original Xbox and it did not sell well there at all. Like the in its first month sales were only about 6,000 units and in North America, it was only about 50,000. Um, so it, it did not sell well, like at all, but it sort of developed a cult following over the years. And eventually a remake was revealed, but also canned in the same exact year, which was 2017. And they ended up just bringing a remastered port. And since then it's gone away. And I don't know. I mean, to my knowledge, cause that, I, that one was weird. Cause I remember that one was free. Yeah. Like I grabbed it. Because it was free, and I never actually launched it or did anything with it because it was some weird card thing. But uh, I should probably go check it out. But that one, I don't, I didn't know that one went away. Yeah. So uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, it was a remake was announced in 2014 to de- to be developed by Darkside Games, and then uh, due to monetary issues, Microsoft decided to cancel the remake. Uh, which actually closed Dark Side. Oh, God damn, that sucks. <laughs> but so, the uh, the remaster came out in 2017. Yeah, and that is still available. And that is still available yeah. to to my knowledge. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but I but nobody. I I don't even know if anybody's still playing it or anything like that. It just like it's gone away from public consciousness. Um, but I would hand this over to Housemark. Uh, so for those who don't know, Housemark is really built around like arcadey shooters. So like they've got some side scrolling twin stick shooters like Resogun and Matterfall. And then they've got the sort of like multi-directional shooter, uh, almost like, uh, asteroids based gameplay of Stardust. Um, all of those games, next, next Machina, uh, Dead Nation, that sort of thing. But really what I found interesting about them is like they're in their company banner like on their website it says game is king like that's the entire philosophy around housemark and it's all all of their games are centered around making the gameplay loop as fun as humanly possible and where i think this ties in is a phantom dust story ultimately doesn't fucking matter uh, because what I liked about that game. And I think what a lot of people liked about the game was that the gameplay was really, really fun. House marks focus on gameplay being King. They're the perfect fit to design it. Uh, and then like, I don't know if you guys have been tr- paying attention to the trailers of, of uh, returnal. Um, I'm getting more and more amped for that game. Like every fucking day I see a trailer for it. But it, the last two in particular have been really focused on the narrative and it's safe to assume that they have the chops to deliver a story that ties into the gameplay. So I feel like they could take that world and make it something fresh. Uh, They also have experience with adding elements from outside their wheelhouse to make their games more dynamic. Like alienation had RPG elements. Matterfall has some, uh, platforming and then return returnal is a roguelike. 
Um, so being able to deliver on their well-established like fun shooter design as well as mixing in those elements of storytelling and, and maybe even throwing in some light RPG elements. I feel like that really makes them the perfect studio to tackle phantom dust. But, um, yeah. Good talk, Josh. <clears throat> yep, I know. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. You keep <laughs> doing this to me. I want to give feedback and I cannot. Well, I, it's weird because I have very distinct memories of this game. Like I remember playing it and being like, this game is fucking awesome. But then I talk to people and nobody fucking knows about this game. Like nobody knows about it. No. When did it come out? Uh, 2005. So another one that was right at the end of the Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And honestly, um, let me make sure of something before I run my mouth. You said 2005, right? Mm-hmm. That is exactly why I have no idea what this game is. There's another game that came out at the end of 2005. Oh, what game? Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> why did I even ask? I should have fucking known. It could have been that or Pokemon, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I mean. Very, very uh, anti-anime, but I'm making a bad case for myself right now with Pokemon <laughs> Hearts being my most played shit. I, I I mean, the thing is, I think that the reason that nobody fucking knows about this game is that like it did not sell, like it just didn't. We, I mean, I looked at the Wikipedia though, and it said that the the remaster at one point had over a million players play it. So like, I feel like there is something there that people could like latch onto. But also, it was free. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that's fair. It was free. <laughs> I like but, free, but then again, it was yeah. free and I didn't play it, so I don't. I don't know. Mm. That also speaks volumes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, go ahead and tell us about your final pick, Dylan. Um. All right, so my other two have been dormant. This one is dormant right now, kind of. It has had life breathed into it, so it's Fable. Um, loved Fable two the most. That was my most fun with it. And three was good, too. I dabbled in one. I actually don't have a lot of experience with it. But um, I have very fond memories of this game. And it went, I'm going to say radio silent for a while. Like They tried to breathe life into it a few times, but it just wasn't working out. Um, not like how the first couple of games did a few games, but the studio that I would love to see take it on is moon studios. And this is really not in their vocabulary. Really moon studio is the developer who created Ori and the blind forest and will of the wisps. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a developer that knows how to craft a beautiful world. They know how to drive a narrative and they know, like, mechanics. They know how to make a game click and work. And they can make beautiful, vibrant worlds. And I really want to see them take on something like this, a much bigger game than Ori. As of right now, I don't know what it is, but the company is working on an action role-playing game right now. 
So that could be a lot of different stuff, right? But it also gives me faith that they can do something like that. I don't know who's making the new Fable. Not a fucking clue. It's uh, uh it's Playground Playgrounds. Games. Playground Games. Oh, it is Playground. Yeah. I did know that. Why was that so forgettable? <laughs> I forgot that it was Playground. I, I feel like they've got a terrible video game name, studio name. Well, yeah, and then I don't correlate Forza with Yeah. Yeah, Fable. Um but Moon Studios would have been the ones that I would have chosen just to throw them a bone and be like, hey, you did so great with uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. You know, give this a shot. Microsoft can funnel them money. Whatever they need, Microsoft fucking has it. Um, I think Playground will do great. I I forgot that it was them. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, but Moon Studios, I feel like, can craft worlds that we're not accustomed to anymore in video games. It's Ori was a very special game. Josh, you played it, didn't you? Yeah. Oh well, I played the first one. Right. I uh, played the second one. Yeah. When uh, when Will of the Wisp came out, I, uh, I when it came to Game Pass, I should say, I launched it on my um, my Xbox One S, and the game ran like shit. Like the the cutscenes were like awful, choppy, and when I was trying to actually play the game itself, like the frame rate. Ugh, frame rate was just trash, man. Like what was, was going really on? Bad. Like, like I, I would move right. Like I would be clicking my stick to you know left or right, and like he would start moving, and then it would like pause, and then it would like a couple seconds later, I would see him on the other side of the screen, sort of thing. Was that on PC? No, that was on, that was on my One uh, S. Oh really? Because I know the PC had some issues. I, they they had some issues with that launch, but I thought it was all on the PC. I didn't know the console had problems too. Yeah i I didn't play it f- after that. Like I only I only touched it the first day because I was like, oh, they're they're going to fix this with a patch or whatever. But yeah, it was it chugged terribly. It was real bad state. Yeah, when I get finished with everything that i want to play right now which is going to be all the kingdom hearts games so you know great um (laughs) i do want to go back and play will of the wisps i'm pretty sure all that shit's fixed now i would hope yeah i I didn't know that was a thing i i would assume so because everybody talks about how great it was I mean, it's it's fixed and now upgraded. If you got the new console, it runs at like 124k and all that so they've they've gone back and fixed all those frame rate issues yeah, because it's been out for a hot minute now, a year, right? Uh, just over a year. Uh, yeah, came out March tenth, twenty twenty. So, um, it's interesting that you chose Moon Studios because they only have worked on, to my knowledge, or at least like they've only games. released. Yeah, is the two D side-scrolling Metroidvania sort of thing. I'm gonna be honest. I'm trying to picture them making. Uh, fable game and all i'm coming up with is maple story maple story maple story I th- oh you guys don't remember that it was it was some like i never played it but i remember it was popular like it was some 2d rpg uh browser game uh, i may have not actually i may have had a client i don't know we may have downloaded I it, but, it yeah it's kind of no. cartoony fun little but i w- would you want a 2d fable or are you just looking at their um, creative chops 
I'm I, as a creative whole, I think they could totally pull off the 3D world. But if they wanted to take it in that direction, they have such a strong track record because before they were Moon Studios, it was the same guy that worked on Castle Crashers, um, Limbo and Braid. So that again, all 2D games, but these are games that speak volumes for what they were. And I think given that money from Microsoft, you know, I think the studio has. I think it's just under 100 people. So yeah, it's, it's not like a giant studio. People. It's 80 people. Yeah. So it's not a giant studio, but with the money coming in from Microsoft and just the creative talent that they have as a whole, because all those games do share a similar concept. They are all 2D. Um but they're so vastly different too. Every single one of those games differs from the other on a huge spectrum. I mean, it's the only ones that are similar or you wanted to, I mean, that's really it. Um, but given what I know about their creative chops, I think they could truly given the time and money create a beautiful world. And I know that's why it seems really weird but I was trying to think of these dormant franchises and I was scrolling through my actual my, my list on Steam and in my library, I have Fable. Um, it's the anniversary edition. Um, mm. And I was looking, I was like, I know it's coming back out. I forgot it was Playground. But I was like, given that I didn't know who it was at the time, I started thinking, who would I want to see this emerge from? And it's like, there's all these studios that it could be, I mean, any one of the, like families under Zenimax, like, you know, the people that do this honored. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, there were weird, there were weird names that came to my mind, but none of them really stuck out. Then I saw Ori on my list too. And I was like, they have this knack for creating worlds that truly jump out at you. And given the scale, given that they took their time, I think they could truly do something wonderful with it. Yeah. Give it to the, uh, Give us the team that made Doom. Let's <laughs> fucking go for it. the most gnarly fable ever. Dude, uh, you motherfucker said Maple Story, and I was like, I don't know what that is. And I looked it up. I I would probably play this game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, you say that I that looks like what an Ori, uh, or not Ori, but a uh, Moon Studios led fable would be. I. I think that's a fucking cool choice now that now that I think about it cuz you could definitely make it uh, so fable was um not necessarily open world but kind of had like hub worlds and you could totally make that into a metroidvania style like 2D game like um what's the one that you were playing uh with the bunny and the worms uh Hollow Knight Oh shit I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Bunny yeah, it's not really a bunny, but like, <laughs> no. Okay, uh, but yes, Hollow Knight. Yeah, yeah. So, did yeah. you ever play Dust? Uh, An Elysian Tale? Uh, no, no, but I had friends that did. Okay. It's just kind of in that same colorful 2D type of thing. Like, Moon Studios could have probably rocked the shit out of that. Mm -hmm. um, but again, 2D Fable, 2.5D Fable, whatever. Pretty cool. Um, I still think they could do the open world thing, but either way, um, they could probably knock it out of the park with a really... If they truly laid into that humor that Fable brought, 
because mm-hmm. they had some hilarious shit in there. Ori hits you right in the fucking stomach. Like, it gets you right in the Oh, feels. yeah, for sure. So flip that spectrum, and I think they can nail it. Dude, uh, it's funny that you uh, brought up the comedy. When I was... So there was the rumors that Playground was doing the Fable reboot for a very long time, like like a very long time. And then when it was finally announced and they showed that trailer, I was like, this fucking nailed the yeah. tone of Fable. They crushed it. I so, forgot all about that. Yeah. We talked about it for so long. Yeah, that was it, it's what it surprises me because some people think, oh, that game's still so far off. It's going to be years. It's like we were talking about playground games making a fable game for like four years now. Like it was like 2017, I think those rumors started coming out. Yeah. And it was, yeah, because it, when I remember when Forza Horizon 4 came out and there was the season weather tech thing they did the changing yeah. seasons and everybody was like, Oh, I bet that's going to be in fable. Like that was a conversation <laughs> thing. Yeah. They're like, Oh, they'll probably use that. Yeah. I, I'm so excited for fable to come back. Like, yeah. and the reason well, uh, I, I trust them is because do you guys remember the fable legends? I never that, played it, but yeah, I it never, it never it, came out. It. it never came out. Oh, that's right. They had announced it and it was eventually canceled. And from everything I've heard is that it was almost ready. <clears throat> it may have needed a little bit of extra polishing, but it was basically done. And Microsoft wasn't happy with it as a Fable project. Like nobody working on it really felt it deserved the name of Fable. And so they scrapped it. Mm. And so if they were willing to do that before, hopefully that means there's some respect going into it with the new one. I don't know. but God, I hope. What was the one that they, had in, uh, that they had in beta? Oh. Was, I don't remember what it was what it was but Fuck. it was a fable that was in beta around that around that same time that was also shut down i feel like it was legends i think that did go was it legends are you probably right i think that i think people did play that okay maybe that's what yeah, it was, was legends yeah okay yeah now looking at it i forget lion hit oh yeah it was, it was supposed to be a free-to-play and open beta was in the first quarter of 2016 and then they canceled it yeah. Well, damn. Yeah, the and the beta ended April 13th. Okay, I see that now. How do you think a giant, absolutely monstrous Fable world would work as a uh, game-as-a-service type of thing? I don't... I have a whole thing on that, but I got called a fanboy for talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Who would ever call you an Xbox fanboy? God. Basically, long story short, is I think a lot of the games that they're making, not all of them, but things like Forza and Halo Infinite and possibly Fable, they're basically just going to be supported by Game Pass. So they can they can make the game, launch it, it'll be a big full game, tons of stuff, and then they can have a team just constantly putting in new, maybe every year there's a new story pack or you know new quests or a new campaign or something, and just keep it going, and it doesn't have to be all microtransactioned to hell, it can just be... Sp- supported by game pass that's kind of what i think it's going to be not necessarily games as a service but more of a platform for them to build on as time goes on i got you okay Uh we'll uh we'll get into that um probably for sure on our uh state of xbox podcast which uh spoiler alert is our next special be coming out soon um but anyway 
Uh, all right, Gilbezi, enlighten us with your last pick. Okay, coming up with this on the spot. I could have been thinking about it this whole time. Uh, this isn't going to help the Xbox fanboy stuff because both the things in my head are both <laughs> Xbox games. Uh, one would just be Crimson Skies. Just do something with that. Yes. That was such a cool, like having this, like I know there's like Ace Combat and shit, but like give me like a 30s inspired alt reality kind of dogfighting arcadey game. Let me blow up airships and grab their big money boxes or whatever falls out of them. Uh, that's one. And the other, I don't know why they're not doing this. Just make a, a, I'm now blanking on the name of the game. What was that? Fusion Frenzy. Oh, yeah. That seems like the perfect, in the, in the era of streaming games, and you look at like Fall Guys or whatever, and like having that as a Game Pass thing, that just seems perfect to have like a little mini game collection, something like that. It was Bill Gates' favorite game on the Xbox, so you have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's microchipping us all, so we have to do it. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie to you. You said Crimson Skies, and <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was Crimson Dragon. So that's the complete wrong thing, but I was so on board with that. Um, I know what Crimson Skies is, but do you know what Crimson Dragon is? I will after I Google it. Um, it's you got to bing it. Yeah, fuck that. Um <laughs> It's, it's like Panzer Dragon came out. It's like uh, they advertised it for like one of the Xbox One launch titles. I think it was, and I I don't know if it was free or not. I don't think it was, but you could like fly around on these dragons, and it was kind of like a now. guided level. It's fifteen bucks. Okay, they probably launched it for much more. There are, there are microtransactions in it, so I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you got these different dragons and shit, and you would just fly through these predetermined levels like you were on like a flight path essentially um kind of like the gummy missions from kingdom hearts honestly but you could oh geez beat these giants no killed it (laughs) yep (laughs) essentially that's it um that's about how far i got in in, uh, kingdom hearts Uh, josh i'm surprised you have never heard of it yeah i have no idea that's weird the i think they advertised it to be something much bigger than it ever came out to be when they first it was like the xbox one was about to come out this is one of the things that we were shown and it was just some fantastic trailer and then we get the game and it's like oh like that was a fucking lie tyler the creator meme uh, what is with <laughs> xbox and dragon games right i don't know scale got bound, this they got yeah scale bound yeah yeah they make a lot of promises and they don't really follow through it's a guilty pleasure game of mine. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I would not pay 15 fucking dollars for it. That's a joke. Um, we'll talk for 10. We'll talk for 10. It goes on sale for eight. You got a deal. <laughs> but um, that's what I thought of when you said Crimson Skies. So I was like, well, someone else actually kind of liked the game too. Nope. This is the first I've heard of it. So not Crimson Skies, Crimson Dragon. But uh, yeah. <laughs> No, Crimson Skies was actually the first game I played on Xbox when I got it. We set it up and we were, you know, we were trying it out. That was the first one I played. Yeah. Which, uh, for those who don't know, fun fact, the voice of the main character is Lassiter from Psych. Whoa, really? Yeah, he did. He just did a lot of video games. That's super cool. I like the I like it even more now. 
Um, I was looking at this. Uh, it's really interesting, uh, maybe sort of interesting, but uh, the team who made the very first Crimson Skies, the one that was released on um, the PC in 2000, mm-hmm. uh, was developed by Zip, uh, Zipper Interactive, who <laughs> were the team behind SOCOM. Oh, it's fucking crazy to me. But no, I have very, very distinct memories of Crimson Skies, the uh, High Road to Revenge, the one that was on the uh, original Xbox. I loved that game. Um, and I think that was the first. Uh, that might be. Mm-hmm, that might be the first multiplayer game I ever played. Oh, well. Interesting. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see those come back. Uh, I don't know who the hell he'd give it to. Maybe. I mean, God, I don't know who the fuck you'd give that to. Give it to the uh, flight sim people. Yeah. That, that's Try to get them to make an arcade flight game. <laughs> Be good. <laughs> uh, what about Fusion Frenzy? Who would you give that to? I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess maybe uh, the Mediatonic guys, right? But Epic just bought them. Well, it, I guess it doesn't matter. Fucking exclusivity or whatever, but... Yeah, all right. Well, uh, we'll move on. My, I want to toss out something that I thought about uh, because I had written all three of mine down, and then I was like, I really want this series to come back, too. Um, I really want Lunar... To come back. Uh, I love those fucking games. I fucking love those games. Stop shaking your goddamn head. Um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and I would give it to uh, either the Octopath team at Square Enix or um, Tokyo RPG Factory, uh, who is actually also a subsect of Square Enix. Um, Tokyo, R- Tokyo RPG Factory were the guys who did... Um, uh, I am Satsuna and Oninaki and I think Lost Sphere. But so I don't know what I fucking expected, but I googled Lunar, just Lunar, got a picture <laughs> of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fucking dumb. Type in uh, Lunar in Lunar game. Oh, okay, yeah. But, oh, you've spoken about this before. I recognize it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I I goddamn, I love those fucking games. Um. When and if I ever get back to streaming, they right. they will be uh, on the list for me to stream for sure. They're excellent. I, I love both those games. Um, but my third pick is Parasite Eve. So this is another one that I've talked about. Uh, the franchise began in 1998, uh, and it was actually Squaresoft's first M-rated game. Um, and it was an action role-playing title, uh, and it's kind of interesting because Parasite Eve's development was actually started from scrap design elements from Final Fantasy VII. When Final Fantasy VII was in development, uh, the game was meant to take place in a modern setting and a city that, if it wasn't explicitly New York City, it was heavily inspired by it. Um... And from that is where Square brought uh, Parasite Eve. But it was marketed as the cinematic RPG, and the game was a critical and commercial success with generally great 
review scores, and it sold almost 2 million copies, uh, which kind of warranted a sequel. And Parasite Eve 2 was released two years later in 2000, and it didn't receive... uh, It it was not as received as favorably by either critics or fans. Um, The sales only reached a little bit over a million copies, and uh, the reviews were almost a full point lower than the original. Um, (sighs) A direct sequel was developed under the title The Third Birthday for the PSP, and it was released in 2010, but... We we don't talk about that game. Um, it's it's real bad. It's really fucking bad. But uh, I I thought long and hard about this because I couldn't. I want this series to come back, but I don't. It was such a unique hybrid of the RPG and the sort of survival horror in that first game, whereas. The third game we don't talk about, so we'll get that out of the way. But Parasite Eve 2 was far more of a, like, standard Resident Evil type clone. Um, And so I was – I thought really hard about whether or not we should go with something that was, like, an RPG with horror tones or if we should go with a horror game with RPG elements. And I kind of – went the second route, even though it's not my favorite game. Um, and, and the reason, uh, well, okay. I'm going to give this to Capcom's resident evil team. All right. And the reason that I'm going to do this is because they have recently really shown that they have the ability to make survival horror and good survival horror. So, you know, with that said, they focus on really the inability to fully prepare for situations and feeling vulnerable as the player. And the scares will come from both the narrative and the gameplay. And I think that that has to do with the kind of level design being really dark and claustrophobic. Uh, and also, the, even though they're weird in the Resident Evil games, they still have puzzle elements in them, which I feel like is very integral to uh, the sort of detective or like mystery elements of Parasite Eve. So, but alongside that, when you look at their their more recently developed games, uh, they have big set piece type moments and incredible sense of pacing that lead to like a more action-oriented thing, even though it is horror and it is survival horror. And the last thing that I think really sets them down the path for me giving this IP to them in particular is they have dis- they have really distinct and unique enemy design. Like, if you look back at the older games, like, everyone thinks, oh, it's zombies, but, like, what about the liquor or what about, you know, uh, nemesis or you look at, uh, resident evil seven and they've got like the, I don't even remember what they're called, but like the mold people. So they have really unique looking and, uh, like, I hate to say, I don't know if this is the right word that I'm trying to say, but like feeling enemies. And so, like I said, while it was the original one was like a, a nice mix of RPG and horror, 
I don't really know that that works in the landscape of either horror games or RPGs. Like, I think we were talking earlier, FromSoft is able to pull it off, but even their horror is more rooted in fantasy than it is within horror itself. Like, the the scares that, to me, come from, like, the Souls games are like, fuck, is this dragon going to hurt me? Or, uh, or, or, like, the magic, if that makes sense, uh, of the worlds. Um... So the solution for me was to kind of give it to someone with incredibly strong pedigree in knowing what makes a genre special. And that's why I gave it to Resident Evil's team. Uh, since 2017's absolutely excellent return to form that was Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, the RE team has two remakes of beloved survival horror games, and they've knocked it out of the fucking park. I think RE2 and RE3 remakes are two of the best games from both years. Uh, and then you look at Resident Evil 8 Village and I mean, that game looks awesome. Like, it looks really, really good. Uh, and I just think if you look at what they've done and the sort of action mixed with the survival stuff, it... I... I feel like it's very unique to them, but you could transpose that onto Resident or not Resident Evil, Parasite Eve. And not only that, they really know what made those original source materials tick. So, you know, Resident Evil 2 is staunchly survival horror with some light action elements where RE3 is a balls to the wall action horror game with some survival horror elements to flesh it out. I think if you give it to these guys, they will not only be able to look at what made that original game tick, but they'll also be able to modernize it and bring it into what? 2020, 2021. I don't know what year is it. Um, right now. Yes. It was 2021 when you started talking about horror games, and then I don't know what happened. Okay, so that's like 2024 now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I just like horror guys. I really like. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's still 2019. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I feel like I had a year robbed of my life, and I will never get it back. Yeah, that's that's accurate. You asked me at the beginning of this podcast why I'm tired. That's pretty much the reason I'm tired. It started last year. Yeah, I can't say that you're wrong. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Have either of you guys played Parasite Eve? Nope. No. But you sold me a Resident Evil. Well, the the Resident Evil games are awesome, but I, I really wish more people played Parasite Eve. I fucking adore these games. Well, two isn't as good. It it just isn't. But I like the hell out of both of these games. I really love three. I hate you. <laughs> I, I don't hope that anything bad happens to you. I want you to have to suffer through life for forever. <laughs> I was really fucked up. That you was super robbed me up. of my release. I'm sorry. I hope that you die at some point in your life. <laughs> Not better, is it? No, it's really not. Better. What the fuck? 
What the fuck? Uh, you just want to start talking about the heat death of the universe, or yeah, or just skip well, that. I think the sun is is fake. I don't think it's real. Please don't. You're gonna. You're gonna. Someone <laughs> believe that. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that that was it. That was that was our topic of the show. Uh, I thought that was a fun topic. But I did too, and it gives me false hope. So that's always great. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, you're not you're not getting your Castlevania from From Software, and I'm not getting a fucking Parasite Eve game anytime soon. <laughs> no, especially from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, and I, I, well, fuck it. All three of mine, I don't think I'm getting anytime soon, if ever. I have faith in one of mine, but that's it. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, uh, let's get into what we've been playing. Uh, I'll start because I don't have a lot to say, honestly. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Herboxia 2. And uh, I don't know what it is, but I think this game is really fucking hard. Um, I want to love it. And obviously, it's a sequel to Herboxia. And it's uh, from the... um, Lily Moo uh, Games, who's the developer of Twin Breaker, who that actually made my top ten of last year, I think. Um, but it's a it's a twin six uh, side scrolling shoot 'em up. Uh, I really like the music, and I enjoy what little of the story I've been able to glean from it. But I can't seem to make it out of the fucking first level of this game. I I don't know what I'm doing wrong because I played the first Abraxia and I liked it. And I beat it, but this one, I'm just like sitting here and I'm like, what the fuck? What? Like, why is this so hard? You're getting old. The reflexes are slowing down. Yeah, I think that's what it is, honestly. But uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. It, I, I want to like it. I'll maybe try to chip away at it some more, but I don't really have much of anything to say. Um, but Gilbeezy, you've been playing the Oculus Quest 2. Tell me about that. Yeah, I, uh, so I had, I had had a PSVR a couple years ago, uh, for about two or three months. Uh, I got it, I got it, it was some bundle deal or something, uh, and I could just never actually acclimate to it. I don't know if it was the frame rate or just the bad tracking system or what, but it never failed to make me feel sick. Like there were some cool things going on in there, but it just, I, I couldn't get over the nausea every time I would put the thing on. And so it kind of put me off of VR completely. I, I ended up selling the thing and whatever. And on a whim, I got the Oculus because I wanted to try some of the, you know, you hear about Beat Saber, people using that as exercise and stuff. I was like, okay, I'll try this. And uh, it's, it's only $300 at standalone. I don't, I don't have a PC or anything, so... I just, you know, I wanted something I could just use on its own. And uh, the wireless aspects helped a lot. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I just started trying things out. Uh, I kind of joked about VR chat, but I haven't been brave enough to go into that yet, actually. <laughs> I went with Rec Room. I, that's that's a nice, fun one. That's a kid's game. Mm. But uh, mostly. But, no, it's been great. Um because the tracking system is different, it tracks from the headset. It's got four cameras on it, I think, that that observe the geometry of the room. And so you're always able to track no matter how what you're looking at or how you're standing or anything like that. 
Uh, I'm amazed that this thing is $300. It really is crazy. They have to be losing money because it's not... I'm sure there's, like, if I was plugged into a PC or whatever, I'm sure there's higher res units. I mean, obviously there are. There's, like, $1,000 VR headsets. But the fact that all of this is possible for this price and just the amount of fun I'm having playing different uh, games on there, it's crazy that this thing is only $300. And this has actually sold me on VR, finally. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I haven't dabbled in it yet. Um... I want to eventually. I don't have a calling for it right now. Um, yeah, Josh. Yes, I have been watching Habroxia two since you first mentioned it. Mm -hmm. This game looks cool as shit. Yeah, I really want to fucking like it, dude. Uh, what are you stuck on? Uh, is it a boss? No, it's not even a boss, dude. I just, I can't make it out of the first level. I keep dying before I can make it to the end. I haven't seen a game like this in a long time. Um, fuck. It kind of reminds me of Aegis Wing. I don't know if you ever played that. I've heard of that. I don't think I've ever played it. It looks really cool. Um, this, I feel like this would be like a, like I got 30 minutes to spare. Let me just hop on this type of thing. Like that's how I'd probably play it. Mm hmm. Does it have a story or anything? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh the so it starts out and it's got like a uh full on like like um 5 minute cutscene. It's it's not I say full on. It's not like a FMV or anything like that. It's like uh like little sprites talking back and forth, but um it has f from what I can tell it has a story to it. So, but well, it I, looks cool as shit. How much is it? Uh, $10, $15, I think. Hang okay, on. 15's pushing it. Uh, Habroxia 2. Uh, what are you playing it on? It's on Steam for 10 bucks. Okay. What are you playing it on? Uh, I am playing it on the. Uh, I, I got it as a cross buy for the uh, PlayStation. So I'm playing it on Vita and PS5. I've, I've been trying gotcha. to play it on. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you you might have gotten me interested. <laughs> I you know I, I think I'm I'm probably thinking that what it is is I'm trying to do everything to get a high score because it it, it definitely is a score chasing sort of game, um, and I can't do that just starting out. Like I think I have to go through get upgrades and then go back to try to to get those higher scores. scores. Gotcha. Um, I I think that that might be what it is that's stopping me. But yeah, I I really fucking like that game. Um, and as far as VR is concerned, I agree with you. I don't think I'm there just yet with wanting to to do VR. But I see stuff all the time. Like uh, Gilbezi on his Instagram has uh been putting up videos of him playing stuff. And I'm like, God, that looks cool. That looks cool. That looks cool. And I keep it's it's drawing me in. It's drawing me in. And it, like I said, I got it kind of thinking about the exercise element, and it really does trick you into exercising when you're playing a level in Beat Saber. 
you're not thinking about how much you're moving around. You're just like, I got to get this high score or I got to make sure I'm getting the completion percentage or whatever. Or like that game, I posted footage of the climb two. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite one so far. And you're, you probably look like an idiot outside of the headset because you're just <laughs> moving your arms up and down. But in the thing, it's just like, I mean, you're just climbing a mountain and you got to find the right handholds and all that stuff. And it's just, I don't know. I'm having a blast with it. Beat Saber looks cool as shit. Yeah. The, the one the one drawback to Beat Saber on a closed system like this, on PC, there's a ton of mods. And people have uh, made their own uh, note charts or whatever you call it. And, uh, you know, you can get a, a bunch of different songs in Oculus or I guess maybe PSVR has it. I don't know. In those, you're limited to whatever the official selection is. Um, but I don't know. It's I'm having a blast with it. Or you can play, uh, I, I posted footage of it. There's some knockoff anime one where the, uh, <laughs> God, that scared the hell out of me. It's like you, <laughs> she's, she's in the front dancing and singing as you're, you're hitting the, the different notes or whatever. And then when it finished, I was just like looking around the environment. And when I turned back, she's gone from like 30 feet in front of me to like two feet in front of me. And she's like, hi. Scared the shit out of me. It was, it's so funny when I watch that video because I can physically see where you were like jarred. <laughs> yeah, I like stepped back and then had to like go down and put my hands on my knees for a second and like, oh my god, that freaked me out. But uh, I can't wait to get one and play Half Life, Alex, dude. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's gonna scare the shit out of me. Um, oh, and uh, like I was, you know, I was talking about I want to play classic games. You're talking about Resident Evil. Apparently, oh. somehow Facebook paid up to have Resident Evil 4 ported to VR exclusively for Oculus. Yep. And it's like, it's not a basic port. It's like a full-on VR version of it. So, yeah, I... They're pe- they're putting out the money. That they are. Um... Alright, uh, Dylan. You've been playing Kingdom Hearts. Go ahead and become a weird anime fan. It's not anime. It's Disney. Get it right. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> it is. Square Enix and Disney. No, I mean, just short and sweet. Uh, probably one of my most favorite games of all time. Um, one and two, three, we will see. <laughs> I stopped playing it halfway through, so, you know, that to be determined. Um, Austin says it's fine. He seems to be okay with it. Um, so we'll, I, he's not okay with it. He has issues, but he finished it at least. So he got further than I did. But even playing the first one now, it still holds up. Um, I'm not bored whatsoever. I still find myself drawn in just like I was 15 years ago. However long it's been now, I don't know. Um, and there's still things that I'm picking up on even now. I've played the game multiple times before, but now I'm still finding stuff that I can pick up on. And that's really great and invigorating and still adds to the whole mystique of the game. And, you know, the story is not necessarily convoluted in the first game, but I know after this is when it really branches off. But the, just enjoying the story from the first game is a lot of fun because um, that's the one that drew me in in the first place. Um but I'm looking forward to two. Two's my favorite. And I think I'm probably going to dabble in all the other ones just to kind of experience the story um, in full and just get caught up because I, I know I really can't play one, two, and three and understand everything. So I'm just going to continue to dabble. But as of right now, I mean, it's still 
my my extra time that I'm allotting to playing games is very well spent because I've just been diving in on that. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. I never played Kingdom Hearts when I was a kid, but it came out on Xbox in the one and two pack thing or whatever. At some point, I ended up getting it because I was like, okay, I'm going to try this thing. I made it like three hours in. Um, but the game starts with a cutscene of just a kid's bedroom with a bunch of Disney and Final Fantasy posters on the wall. So at one point was the idea that this whole thing was just a dream. And at some point they got way too into this stupid story. Cause I've heard descriptions of the kingdom Hearts story. Like, was it supposed to just be a kid's dream at some point? I don't think so. I don't even know what cutscene you're talking about, actually. Because um, I had heard stuff about the story, and then I sat down to play it, and there's just it's a quick thing at the beginning of the game. But it was like, I, wait, is this whole thing just in a kid's head? I mean, that, uh, no, I don't know if that was the original goal or not. I could definitely see it being dream-esque, especially in that regard, because the story is so, like I said, convoluted that it's really hard to keep up with all the ins and outs, but looking at it from that perspective it makes so much more sense in the long run um i wanted to really kind of fleshed out this beautiful story or that could have been the start of a grand story but then after that there were so many additional games that just added another piece another you know breadcrumb on this long trail to the conclusion that we just now got to and apparently it's not all that great so that's scary um yeah i wasn't i wasn't meaning to call the whole thing stupid it's just it seems so convoluted now it's just yeah no and then now there's like a a melody game which is like guitar hero kingdom Hearts. so now (laughs) i have to play that to understand the shit so that's great um but overall the first two games are completely worth the play. Everything else after that, enter at your own risk. The big sticking point for me was just I don't have a lot of... Uh, I mean, I saw a lot of those movies as a kid, but I don't really have a big connection to a lot of those IP. So, like, I was going from movie to movie, and it was like, I, I don't remember this thing at all, or it just yeah. didn't have a connection. So I was fortunate in that regard because, like, the first world outside of the first two little hub worlds that they throw you into is um it's wonderland like you can choose between wonderland and then olympus coliseum wonder alice in wonderland is my favorite disney movie um really after that yeah interesting like the original alice in wonderland is my favorite disney um and nightmare before christmas which you can eventually go to in that um but like aladdin and tarzan um fuck what else is there? Little Mermaid, even um, Peter Pan. All these movies I had a strong attachment to as a kid. And even now, I'd still go back and watch and enjoy. So I think that's what helps me have this huge draw to the to the franchise. But then I love the Final Fantasy aspect, too. I love getting to know that I'm facing Sephiroth and Cloud in the Olympus Coliseum at some point. Um, I see Josh's homeboy, Leon, quite often in the first game. Um you know, all these all these characters really kind of tie the game together. So there's a lot to love and there's a lot to hate. The story being so mixed matched is the biggest reason to avoid the franchise. Because as soon as you dive in, you're going to have a thousand questions and then get another thousand on top of it. That is 100 percent correct. That's a really good transition from you watching your phone for the past five minutes. Uh, Actually, not even for the past five minutes. Um 
the I whole ran, podcast. I, I ran out and and peed while you guys were because so you didn't hear what we said. Nope, because it doesn't matter. It's Kingdom Hearts. We stopped talking about Kingdom Hearts entirely. Oh yeah, yeah. We started talking about like horror movies and stuff. You would have <laughs> really enjoyed it. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to our picks of the week. Um, I'll go ahead and start. Oh, I love your choice. Yeah, I, I didn't write it down, but I have it right here. Uh, so mine is the video called This is the Most Violent Man in College Football. All right. It is from a uh, YouTube channel called uh, Brett Coleman. Or I mean, that's... Okay, so that's what the the channel is called but like he actually has a whole thing uh it's the film room and all of this guy's videos are kind of i don't want to say the same because that's not actually accurate uh but basically what he does is he takes on a subject from football and breaks it down really granularly and with like lots of detail into how things actually work. So like when he talks about like a defensive back, for instance, he will talk about the different techniques that like a cornerback has to go through and like how the fluidity in the hips and all that shit works. So like watching this dude's videos has made me appreciate things in football that, I had never really appreciated before. Like I can watch a quarterback play and like, I can see where their mechanics are fucked up. Whereas like a couple years ago, I would have just been like, Oh, that dude's bad. And I would have never known why, but now I look at it and I'm like, Oh, it's because he's not setting his feet or, Oh, it's because he's not fucking using the torque from his hips. Like that sort of thing. Or because I support the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers sucks. Uh, I'm joking. And I'm joking. <laughs> He's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, um, j- just go check out his channel. I think it's really great. Um, Mr. Mr. Kitchens, do you have something that you would like to, uh, to talk about briefly? Yeah, um, I just want to say that Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. He's, uh, (laughs) despite what some people might say about how they feel watching him, uh, no, uh, that, that's for, that's for the football episode. Um, for the football episode, (laughs) I don't know. I tried to think of this real quick too. Um, I guess if I could say anything, uh, so like I told you, I'm not an Xbox fanboy, but I am an Apple fanboy. Um, you are <laughs> so even putting that to the side, if anybody hasn't checked out Apple TV plus, like I'm sure you can get like a month free and that's plenty of time to watch a lot of this stuff. They have a lot of great shows on there that I don't know if people are seeing cause it's just another subscription service, but uh, a lot of good comedies on there, mythic quest and, and uh, Ted Lasso and stuff. And I just, they just did the season finale of for all mankind, which is like an alternate history space program, space race thing. Uh, but yeah, no, that's what I'd recommend. If anybody hasn't checked it out, maybe look at that. A lot of great stuff on there. I don't know. Just throw that out there. I didn't know they had a service. Not going to lie. For real? I don't watch shit. Uh, yeah, that is true. You really don't watch anything. Oh, 
It's funny, like, so you don't watch anything, but, like, I offer up stuff all the time on, on like, YouTube that's, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and it's easily accessible from phones and stuff. Do you do you ever watch any of that stuff? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. You motherfucker. I don't go to YouTube <laughs> for shit. <laughs> really? Yeah. Dude, YouTube is great. I, okay, so, real quick, since we've started this podcast, my picks of the week have almost exclusively been YouTube videos. And, uh, I mean, that's not entirely true. Obviously don't look at me like that. You son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) it's like, we're telling lies right now, but okay. Yeah, no, I mean, they haven't been 100% exclusively YouTube videos, but like the vast majority of my picks have been, um, have been YouTube videos and, or, or channels. And if you had asked me like, three years ago whether or not like i use youtube i would have been like no i don't know what the fuck happened but within the last like two years youtube has been like my content of choice like i don't i don't go almost anywhere i don't know what the fuck happened but like it's almost always to youtube now i'm way more likely to launch youtube than anything else yeah it's and i'm also stuck because i'm paying them which I hate. Oh, I, I don't pay them for anything. See, here's what happens. Here's what happens is you're not paying them and you're watching the ads and then they give you a month free and you try it and then you <laughs> don't have ads for a month and then the ads come back and you're like, what the fuck is it? And then they'll be like, well, you can give us 15 bucks or whatever it is, 12 bucks a month. And you'd be like, yeah, just take the money. I don't want to see this. <laughs> Although I do kind of feel out of the loop because people are like, oh, well, what about this ad? And I'm like, I, what? I haven't seen that. What ad? What? Yeah. What is that? There's some commercial going around. I'm like, I, don't know, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Huh? I don't know. I feel like because I have no reason to watch anything on YouTube, really. And then every time someone's like, oh, you have to go check out this video. I'm like, OK. And the one time that I actually do it, I'm like, why did I just watch this? I mean, I I don't. I don't know. I don't find interest in a lot of like what you you recommended something. And I'm like, that sounds great for other people. Um, I forgot what it was. It was something about a Star Wars kid, I think. Uh, Star Wars kid. That was like 10 years ago. That's that's some early YouTube stuff. Again, Josh, this is all you, buddy. This is what you get for browsing your phone. I can't get dialogue. Can't get dialogue. Hang on. Uh, Something is happening. Something is happening. So, all right. Real quick side story. Kayla wanted me to get cucumbers. She really likes cucumbers, and she wants to eat those as, like, healthy snacks, right? All right. Well, I'm currently doing this, so she asked Dylan to peel and slice some cucumbers for her. Well, I also, this week, got some zucchini and some squash because I was going to fry them for... Uh, for a dish tomorrow, and uh, he peeled and sliced a fucking zucchini. <laughs> hey, at least he did something. That is true. I can see how that he, mistake would be made. I can see that. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that just shows he doesn't eat any fucking vegetables in his life, but yeah. He... <laughs> We're not going to get into this. That, right. that motherfucker does not eat vegetables at all. Yeah, because it's pretty distinct to me. Like, uh, you know, we won't get into it. But um, anyway, I don't even remember. No, I don't like your YouTube choices. So 
That's that's why. I don't even think it's that you don't like my YouTube choices. I just think you don't like me. I thought we were friends. We do work together. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> we don't even work together anymore, though. We really don't. I don't work with anyone anymore, really. Uh, except um, for Taylor, who uh, joined us on our stream last week. She, she did. She told me about it, and I said, why did yep. you watch that piece of shit? I know. Of all... Uh, <laughs> Of all goddamn streams, it was that one. That one got a little weird, I feel like. It got very weird. About a lot of stuff. Um, my pick of the week <laughs> is very simple. Get the vaccine. You know the one that I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, the one that gives you 5G. Well, the one that gives me two extra hours of pay at my job because I got it. Oh. Not well, joking. I guess For I'll be getting the vaccine second. now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the first and second one, we get extra pay for that shit, so long as you can show them your little card. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's really good to get the vaccine and not being an, uh, be, be an idiot. Just to, uh, you know, make yourself healthy. You can go out in public now if you have the vaccine. Except for if you're in, like, a stadium or some shit. If you're watching uh, the Green Bay Patriots play some football or something. I'm going to hurt you in ways that you don't even know. Um, outside of that, you know, <laughs> you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I'm going to stay out of it. I, you you don't have to wear a mask anymore. No. Which no, is great. If you get the thing and you get paid for it uh, at our workplace, I'm sure you can find a benefit of it somewhere other than not dying from COVID. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I doubt that it's going to happen, but, uh, I wonder if we get vaccinated, if we have to wear the um the mask anymore it would the cdc said if we're like out you know i don't know if they're talking about like going shopping or some shit but they're like if you're outside you don't have to wear a mask if you're fully vaccinated oh you mean at work yeah at work oh i took that the wrong way no i'm pretty sure we still have to wear it because oh, the guests God don't damn know it then what's the point Right. Uh, people don't know in our store that we're vaccinated. They just look at us and they're like, oh, it's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, you're goddamn right it is. Right. All right. Well, anyway, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop Hunting Pixels and the Culture Pop family of content. You can find... I'm gonna do I like how you stutter through a one-syllable word, but then you speed read that shit at the end of every podcast, no problems whatsoever. I, he practices. I, yeah. <laughs> In front of the mirror. Every <laughs> Naked, actually. This is um, his whole commute. He's got a little recorder. He's just playing it back. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. That's how I roll. Uh, so I'm actually going to do this this time because I'm, I am preparing. I am gearing up for social media. So you can find Culture Bop on Twitter at culture underscore bop on instagram at culture underscore bop there's a facebook page that's at the culture bop and youtube where all of our content uh for the patreon that i'll talk about later and hunting pixels will be going so um i'm going to start recording this and it'll be going up as a uh as a video podcast on youtubes and you can view it there uh, you can find this show, Hunting Pixels, on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. I am on Twitter at the Bebop Man182 on Instagram at Bebop Man182 and on Twitch 
at the underscore bebop man. All right. So before you do my shit, let okay. me just say something. All right. Twitter, you can find me at OMDizzy. I don't post shit. <laughs> Instagram, I have a personal one. I don't want you to follow me there. <laughs> All right. Instagram for uh, the channel of YouTube and Twitch that I do not utilize at this moment. It's not OMDizzy TV anymore. Oh. It's just OMDizzy. Yeah, I, I switched profiles. So now I have a profile that I don't want people to follow. Then I have the <laughs> other one that you can follow for all of my past accomplishments. And then you can find me on Twitch where I don't stream anymore at OMDizzy. <laughs> and those are all of my handles. Social media. It's social. Yes. You I am turning less social. Uh, I'm So I'm confused. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Hang on. I'm trying to... Dylan... Oh, you, you did change it. Okay. I did. I changed that so I could just have my personal, like, this is me, and then I have the OM Dizzy for my past YouTube accomplishments. Well, very cool. All right. I'm more inclined to do YouTube videos right now than I am Twitch for some reason. Uh, I think it's because it's easier. Well, I, no. It is that's, easier. I, I don't, I don't want to say that. I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh... Still not going to, but, you know, the inclination <laughs> is there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, so I think. Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. All right. You That's can, fine. If, nope. You cannot find Austin because he's not here. Uh, he has a mullet. Which you can find on his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, can you? Uh, God damn it. Austin. Probably. He has no shame. He does not have shame. Um, yep, it's he there. He that like he it was is proud. right there. The very first post. <laughs> What's his Instagram? All right, he's on he's on Twitter at Big Papa Plays on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore or at Big Papa Plays. He is on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and unfortunately, he is on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Um, before we get into that last bit, uh. Mr. Kitchens, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Gilbeasy is a geek. I don't know why I picked that as my name, but it was available, so I took it. Uh, just put a underspace or underscore between all the words, and that's it. And I deleted everything else, so I don't have any other social media. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're uh, social media free. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, so congrats on being social media free. I got the social media vaccine, so... There, hey, that's good. We don't. We need less of it anyway. Uh, we um, really do. So I just looked at Austin Stevens' TikTok, and he is now almost at one thousand two hundred followers. So congrats to that kid because he has gone up by four hundred in about a week. Well, damn. Yeah. So hell yeah, man. I give you a lot of shit, but you are crushing it in TikTok land. Yeah. Keep keep it up and uh, and make us famous or whatever. Yeah, let me just not work on Twitch, and then you just be famous. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, if you're looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors that we uh, are undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash culturebop and toss us a pledge. We're offering some very cool perks, and once we start hitting our goals, even more content will be on the way. Uh, for instance, um, I don't know if, uh, anyone has actually gone to the page yet to look at the goals, but at the $300 per month goal, 
there will be a uh, um nope nope that's the wrong one at six hundred dollars per month we will be adding uh an additional podcast to the show uh so that will be something that will be happening Good. if we can hit that goal and further down the road uh once once we get like a community growing there I want to do some more stuff like scripted content like I would like to have uh this is this is maybe kind of weird but I want to do um a do you, do you guys know those uh like true crime podcasts like uh yeah. like yep. up and vanished or serial or whatever yeah I want to do a fake one of those ooh so like make a serial or up and vanish style podcast, but have the whole thing be fucking fictionalized. I'm down. Would you tell people it's fictionalized? Nope. I would not. I would just let them believe that that it's real. So Um, (sighs) yeah, that sounds pretty fucking sick. I'm down for that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I have a lot of ideas for content for us to get there. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not we're able to have the time and funds to do so. So go support us there. Hey, does uh, uh does Patreon there, have a TOS? Uh I, I so. I'm pretty sure they do, but I I don't th- I, I typed in I, I was I was looking for a culture bop and I got to see you and the first suggestion is the cum boys. Oh okay. And oh my. Yeah, we're affiliate. Their fifteen dollar level is uh Nazi pricing. Nazi pricing. <laughs> They're making $83,000 a month, so I guess it's working. <laughs> Damn. Holy so shit. while Patreon might have very limited TOS, you can find us on OnlyFans at Hunting Dixels, where we do get down and dirty nice. in our secret nice. lives. It is true. That, uh, that morning in the mirror, naked uh, practicing Mullet. is available on, on our OnlyFans. <laughs> yes. Hunting Dixels. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's our show. Uh, we will be back next week. And uh, actually, next week, we'll probably have two episodes available for you. Um, like I said earlier, the State of Xbox Special Edition podcast and then our regularly scheduled show. So until then, goodbye. Goodbye.